Praise God. Well, it's now my very great privilege and pleasure to introduce someone many of you know, very good friend of mine, and um, that's Craig O'Sullivan. Now, I... expecting everything, everything that Trump had announced. You know, I can actually introduce Craig authentically because he's lived with us. And uh, when someone lives with you, was it, how long was it, about nine months, six months? Was it fair? Over a year. Um, now during that time, he actually planted and pastored a church. And uh, he was the most wonderful pastor. I know that because... I knew what I knew how he was relating to his people and particularly how he was relating to, to his leaders. And uh, he's got such a pastoral heart. And uh, he's now working with another good friend of mine, Wes Hone, at Business at Greenhouse, and uh, doing some brilliant work there. If you want, if you've got a bit of an interest in business, just get on Facebook and look for Business Greenhouse. They do podcasts as well. So um, for the last, what, 12 to 18 months? Yeah, um, Craig's been working with, with Wes. Uh, they moved to New South Wales. And I, 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 you know, I nearly wrote him off my list of friends when he moved to New South Wales. <laughs> but uh, they're not that far across the border. And, um, you know, I, so I know this guy very, very well. We, we've had many, many conversations about the Word of God and about our relationship uh, with God. And as I said, I know how this guy operates. I've seen his heart because he lived with us for all that time. And he's married to Noelia, and she's beautiful. And uh, if you don't know Noelia, you make sure you get to know her today. Um, she's a wonderful, wonderful person from the Dominican Republic. So, you know, international. But she's a beautiful, beautiful person and partners Craig so well. They're just the most wonderful couple imaginable. So, um, Craig, now you've got to um, keep everybody happy. <laughs> Can you give him a big welcome? Thank you, Dr. Roger. And uh, thank you, Ignite Life Church. How, how awesome is it? It just sort of, I know I look around the room and see so many familiar faces. It feels like home. Um, but this church, not just because of the familiar faces, this church does have a special place in my heart. And um, because... Dr. Rod and Jeanette had sown so much into, not just into my ministry, but, you know, into my life and, and in that season, which probably, actually, I'm going to share a little bit about uh, that season uh, today. Not too much, just a little bit. I know a lot of you may know a little bit about that season. So um, I'm going to try to share things around that most people don't actually know about during that season. Um, but before Dr. Rogue leaves, good. I, I would absolutely love to, uh, to pray for you, Dr. Rogue, if you would come up here, please. Because for me, um, you are family. Like from, from the moment, Dr. Rogue uh, mentioned that I'm working now with Wes Hone, and Dr. Rogue and Jeanette actually prophesied that, probably going back six years ago prophesied that this happened and it happened this year like how incredible is that and I was like oh no nah, not really oh yeah whatever like 
But uh, I know these guys have not just sown into by giving me a bed and giving me food, and but they sowed into me spiritually by constantly praying for me. And and one thing that really stood. Isn't it funny when you know that God has given you the right word because everything you guys were talking about just before was just pretty much my message that I'm going to be sharing. So um, you mentioned health. And we, as with any leadership, it always comes from the top. We lead by example. You know, we, we elevate what uh, the example of what we want to achieve, what we want our the people we're leading to, to do. And that word of health just really stood out to me today because... I want to pray for that. Yeah. I want to pray for that because not just pray for the health. I actually want to thank God for your anointing. Lord, I thank you for the anointing of health that is on Dr. Rod and Pastor Jeanette. That they have walked this life of health. That they have been dedicated and disciplined with their spiritual health. So that when it came time for them to leave this church, I declare that this, this special anointing of spiritual health flow from Dr. Rod, Pastor Jeanette, into nightlife. And I declare that over each and every one of you as well, that you receive that health. And Dr. Rod, I completely agree. Numbers don't matter. It's the health that matters. Who cares how, how tall the tree is if it doesn't have the roots? It's not worth anything, is it? Because it gets blown over without a without a stake. Give your pastor a hand, please. Thank you. Um, who likes games? Board games, card games, video games, sports games. What sort of games are you guys into? You like games? Lego train. Lego. Oh, I love Lego. Actually, I had a Lego date with, uh, with Wes's daughter the other day. It was kind of fun. Got out on my Lego. She got out of her, her, her Lego. Made sure they didn't join, of course. Um, <laughs> it's my Lego. Um, I love games. Uh, actually, uh, one thing, if you don't know me, if, even if you know me from distance, you'll know I'm competitive. Really, really. Sometimes unhealthily competitive I was that kid that I, my sister never liked playing with me because we'd get board games out or card games out and either I would demolish her like I would be so competitive that I would win so hard that she didn't want to play with me or if I was anywhere close to not winning I'd kick the board over and mess up all the pieces and mess up all the cards so the game would be over so no one liked to play with me really really competitive I absolutely love playing games and even till now I, I, I try to make a game, I try to make things competitive myself. And actually, do you know what I believe God's favourite game is? Hide and seek. Now let me, let me explain this to you because there's, oh, look, there's endless, endless verses that I can, that I can do, but there's this one verse that really stood out to me uh, while preparing for this message is, can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him? Can anyone hide anywhere so secret that I can't find him? You know, I was really good at hiding. Really, really good at hiding as a kid. I was, I was that one that would not just, you know, come and... 
can't see me, or, or, or go and hide behind a curtain or something like that. I wasn't one of those. I was the one that climbed up into the top of the cupboard and put things around me. I was the one that buried myself underneath things. Even once I put myself into the clothes dryer and closed the door behind me so that no one could find me. I climbed up on the roof of the house so that no one could find me. I was that, but I was so competitive that I was the best at hiding. <laughs> and in preparing for this message, I felt like God wanted me to share this message. Actually, the first time I went over to the Dominican Republic to meet my, meet my wife, I, she wasn't my wife then, but meet my, my soon-to-be wife, <laughs> A couple of days after she was, she, we were engaged, but it's a whole nother story. God put on my heart this, this awesome message about God's favourite game. God's favourite game of hide and seek and, and how, how we, we, want to, we want to seek him. He, he wants us to seek him. And, and I have all these fun analogies of how kids play hide and seek and how we can learn from kids what, what to do and what not to do when it comes to seeking God. And I had it all prepared. And over the last couple of weeks, I've preached this message a number of times since. And each time God's worked on it, evolved it, and, 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 and spoken to me at an even deeper level. But then about four o'clock yesterday afternoon, after spending the whole day prayer and fasting, preparing the message again, just going back through everything, meditating on the word, God changed it. <laughs> he actually made me see something that I had been missing the whole time. It was like a crucial piece, a piece so important that it became the message in and of itself. Maybe another time when Dr. Robin didn't invite me back, maybe I'll, I'll preach the other one, you know, part two. <laughs> but this is like, it's kind of like, you know, when you watch Avengers and, and it's kind of like, it's the sequel, but it was actually set backwards. So this is the one that was actually the start and then the other one will be the next one, even though the other one was first. Hope I haven't lost you. Avengers fans will get me, all right? <laughs> and I only all know this because of Pat. Pat taught me about <laughs> superheroes in comic movies. Um, I told you I was really good at hiding. Really good at hiding. And this is the part I spoke, the game's hide and seek. And I was focusing on the seek part while completely blind to the hiding part. And God revealed to me, as I just wrote one sentence, it became the whole message about how I've been hiding from God. How there's been different seasons, how I've hid in different ways. Um, some of you know my story. Some, some of you know a little bit about my story. And up until recently, I haven't actually shared much of this publicly. I actually haven't shared much detail. But I was raised Seventh-day Adventist. And I was a good Christian boy. And at the age of 12, I had a spiritual encounter with God, which is kind of not what you would normally expect from a Seventh-day Adventist church. They're very high, highly religious and legalistic in their ways, but I had this spiritual encounter at the age of 12. God showed up and, to, you know, that, that so full-on that I felt the presence of God 
I felt so much joy that I was crying. You know how you're that happy that you're crying? And I'm at the age of 12, all my friends are around me, and I'm bawling out my eyes, and they're like, you're weird, we're going away. But I've always been weird, so it wasn't unusual. Um, my pastor came up to me afterwards and, uh, and spoke with me and told me, you know, we shared about the experience and he, and he led me through this. And even, uh, then I went and got baptised and he saw an anointing on me and, and allowed me to preach in the church. And I got heavily involved in the church in leadership at, from the age of 12. That there was this, this, uh, this hunger where I was seeking God. I was seeking him in everything I was doing in the worship team. I was playing guitar. You don't want to hear me sing. And I was preaching and I was serving. I was putting out seats. I was collecting and counting offering. I was, I was doing everything in the church. I was really seeking God until I got my license. I got a little distracted. Because at that time, I had a good job. I was making good money. So I started getting distracted by my money. started getting distracted by cars started getting distracted by women. And during this season, for me, it was really hard because I had, being raised Seventh-day Adventist, I had black and white lines. It was so clear. Everything, it was either black or white for me. And then I found this season where I was starting to blur those lines. Where it was, it was no longer black and white, there was a bit of a grey in the middle. And it started with, you know, the, the people I'd hang out with was kind of grey. You know, thinking back, they were in, the, they were in one side and all the, I should have been in the other, but it was kind of blurred. And so I started hanging out with these people. I, I started blurring the lines with the type of women I would date. I started blurring the lines with what I would do with a woman. And I started blurring the lines with what I'd start doing with my friends. And then I started blurring the lines with what I would start to consume. You know, I've always been really, really, really strict with my health. Been heavily into sports, really competitive, remember? Mm -hmm. Really competitive. So I've always cared about my health. Until this one day. Like almost, almost, I'd barely ever even taken Panadol. I was that black and white with it. This one day, I was hanging out with some friends and they were really close friends. We, we worked together, we worked security together. So we were like a security game where like, we had each other's backs. We fought with each other all night. They, literally, we protected each other's lives. I trusted these guys with my lives. And in this time, some drugs came out on the table. And it was a bag of something that is very, very rare. And it's usually a base of what they make a lot of drugs out of, but in its purest form, it is rare. And my friends started telling me about it. One of my friends was a scientist. So he was telling me about all the chemical makeup of it and, and everything like this, and this is exactly what it does to the body, and blah, 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 you know. It was intellectual. I trusted these guys with my life. They're like, look, it's rare. You know, we never really, it's, it's hard to get. So I'm like, oh, well, it's hard to get. Blur that line. I then, later on, some other friends found out that I had tried some of this stuff. And then they were like, oh, hang on a second. We want some of that. That's rare. We want to try some. And so I did what any good friend would do, and I helped them out and hooked them up. 
I then started doing more and more and realized my entrepreneurial spirit started coming out and I started seeing there's a profit to be made here and I can, look, it's just business, right? It's supply and demand. That's all it was for me. I even really didn't consume it. For me, it was just a business. <coughs> and I've blurred this line. And this went on for a while and one day I was sitting having coffee with a friend. And this friend had partied with me many, many, many times before. Heaps and heaps of times before. This guy was far from what you would call a saint. And sitting across the table having coffee, I was having a chai latte because I don't drink coffee. Because I don't do drugs, right? I know, right? Crazy. And he looked me in the eye and he said, is it worth it? And I replied, of course it is. You see all the money that I'm making. And he said, what if you get caught? And my response in that moment was a big check. It was something that I realized how much I had been hiding from God. My response was, I'll get a slap on the wrist. I'm a good Christian boy. And I realised in the moment, like, I've been hiding. I've been hiding my sin. I've been, I've been putting all this stuff that I know is not right in this box that I'm hiding from God while still believing in my heart that I was a Christian. I was hiding my sin. And what happened next was probably, not probably, definitely the most incredible moment of my life the most supernatural experience I've ever had I looked up and my friend was no longer sitting there there was this angelic being sitting on the other side of the table looking back now I know that was Jesus sitting there he looked me in the eyes and he said it's time to stop in the moment, I jumped up. I'm like, I'm, I'm out. Done. Went home, called all, all my crew, called all my connections, said, I'm out. Whatever you owe me, debt cleared. Whatever you've got on my stock, it's yours. You know where the storehouses are. Clear them out. I don't care. You're never going to hear from me again. Because, see, I was actually living a double life at that time. Most of those people in that world didn't know who I was. They didn't even know what my real name was. And so I shut myself off from that outside world. You know, I wasn't hiding. I was even hiding my name. That's how much I was hiding. It was an amazing experience. And I'm like, okay, so God is real. God's not just this thing that my parents like, gave me a whole bunch of rules about. This God thing is actually real. I would like to say that the next day I turn up in, into church and I'm praising God and I'm like, receiving the Holy Spirit. No, we all know it's a bit of a journey, right? <laughs> So I started to take check of everything in my life, slowly, just trying to figure out what's this God thing. If he turned up there, what is this God thing? About a year later, I ran into, in, in the street, I bumped into someone that was in my crew and they asked me a question and they said, 
How did you know? How did you know to get out then? And I knew that wouldn't wouldn't believe like an angel turned up and it was Jesus and it like I mean I'm like oh I just knew they said you must have had intel you had inside knowledge didn't you I'm like what do you mean the following day my main supplier got raided by the police and taken to jail for five years over the following weeks and months all of my crew started getting cleaned up by the cops and everyone was being asked one thing. Who's that guy? Not one of them spoke. And if you know anything about that industry, or if you've seen any movies, you know that people talk. Say, snitches get stitches, but you know, like, <laughs> usually they do. To cover themselves, to protect themselves, they do. In this moment, I knew that God wasn't just this being up there that cared about my salvation. I realised that he cared about my life right now. That's great. That's good. Because he, just like he did to those lions in the den with Daniel, he shut every one of their mouths. Every one of their mouths. No one spoke. In that moment, I realised God was not just there. He's here. I knew in that moment I needed to stop hiding from God. Like I said, if when I was hiding my sin, it wasn't like, there you go, I'm not hiding it anymore and then just walk out. It was a journey for me. And so if you feel like you're in a place where you're hiding your sin or you're hiding in your sin, I encourage you, stop hiding. Because I knew in that moment that when Jesus sat opposite me at that table I know he was like found you, it's your turn (laughs) it's good because I've been hiding we don't just keep hiding do we once we're found, it's our turn to go seek so I realised in that time that I guess it's my turn to seek found myself at church found myself God calling me, I started clearing everything up from my life that wasn't right. It was, I went so hard on it that I gave, God called me to give him 12 months. Gave up my home. Luckily, I didn't become homeless. Gave up my business. Gave up an engagement. Gave up anything else that was not about God. I went and volunteered full-time at church and I'm planning a church and I'm leading a church I was doing all this I was seeking God and it was amazing because I was reading scripture he was revealing himself like nothing else listening to podcasts every day and he was speaking to me clearly like I could hear from God and I was seeking him every day till a couple of years later where everything I had worked for in ministry had been taken off me in one day. One day, the rug was pulled out from underneath me. Absolutely everything taken from me. The, like, weeks before I was about to fly overseas and get married. Weeks before I was about to bring my wife back and lead the church together and, and, and do everything. And it was just white. 
And in that moment, I realized it wasn't the person who did that to me. That was God. Because I realized I was hiding in ministry. I was hiding in what was good. God had called me to give him 12 months. Remember, I said it was a couple of years later. He said, give me 12 months. He had another assignment for me, but I was hiding from him. I was hiding doing good. I was hiding in ministry. I had built up a wall. You know, like, like how I said, like when I used to, used to hide, I used to bury myself. I used to cover myself with stuff. I'd build up boxes around me so people couldn't find me. It was just like in that season right now, I built up all these good things, but I'm preaching, I'm leading a church, I'm planting a church, I'm praying for people, I'm seeing miracles happen, I'm, I'm building up around me. And to find me, I knew that God needed to wipe all that away. And so that's why many people ask me, why are you not bitter about that season? It's because I know that wasn't him, I know it was God. It was God saying, you're hiding from me. You're hiding from me in what is good. Maybe you're hiding in what's good. Maybe you're hiding in, oh, but I'm doing good, but I'm volunteering, but I'm doing, like, I'm on the worship team. I'm, uh, like, we can still be hiding while it looks like we're seeking. I'd like to think that in that moment that everything was pulled out from underneath me, that I have the forgiveness and peace about the situation right then that I do now, but I didn't realise it was God in that season. You know, hindsight, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. My wife had just come out of extensive ministry, running, uh, running youth and women's ministries over in, over in Las Vegas um, as pastor's assistant. Okay. And we had just all both just gotten burnt out. I'm sure you've experienced someone that has been burnt by ministry or burnt out by ministry. And we were in that stage. We were, we were hurt. And so God opened up this great opportunity for us to move to Sydney. Be involved with some of the, like, honestly, world leaders and like absolute thought leaders in the space of coaching and communication and speaking. It was an incredible opportunity for me to go down there and, and I realized that my call wasn't to ministry inside a church, although I love doing this. <laughs> my call was to the marketplace, Amen. to do ministry in the marketplace. And so when I went down there, I, it took me a while to figure that out because my wife and I were burnt. Burnt and burnt out. We were hurt. And so we were hiding in that hurt. The church sucks. You know, like every pastor just wants to ru ruin me and just bleed me dry of my money and my time. We were in that season. And realize that we're hiding in that hurt as an excuse not to go to church. Over time, we're like, yeah, okay, now it's probably time we go back to church. And I was busy. I traveled a lot. 
out of probably three out of the four weekends of the month, I was either running an event locally or traveling around the country. So when I was home, I was tired. I've been away for so long, I just wanted to stay home, right? I'm just sleeping just this Sunday. That you know what, we'll do church at home. I'll check on Pastor Stephen Furtick on, on YouTube and oh, we'll do church at home. And what we found is we found that during that season, we were hiding inside busyness. We were hiding inside being tired. We were hiding inside this excuse. So we went through this season where we're like, okay, let's, let's, be, let's make a conscious effort to go back to church. So we tried a few churches around and obviously because we're still hiding in our hurt, because we're still hiding in our tiredness and everything, we, we, we found a problem with every single church we went to <laughs> until we went to Hillsong. You know, it's really hard. Like when, when you run something, it's really hard to be sitting in the seats, right? Because you're seeing all the bad stuff. That's all you see. Once you peek behind the curtain, you know, um, that's why you shouldn't have sex before marriage because you shouldn't see that before. And anyway, that's just a slight thing. Um, sorry. Um, don't peek behind the curtain. You'll ruin it. Um, so we went along to Hillsong Church, a church that had six services a day, something like that eight over a weekend or something, in each service there was about a thousand to fifteen hundred people. It was nice and dark. We'd rock up late because we, we lived in Sydney and we catch public transport and there was always the bus's fault that we were late. Rock up late, go in, hide in the middle of the crowd. After they do the last prayer and they're, they're doing the last announcements and they're playing off that last song, we're slipping out the back. <laughs> we were going to church. But we were hiding in church. We didn't want to make a connection. We didn't want to connect with anyone. We didn't... We were just hiding. We were going to tick the box that we were going to church, but we were hiding in church. And so God really spoke to us and, and we felt like it was time to, to stop hiding. We tried to connect. Bring up opportunities for us to join a connect group and meet some people and get involved. And I could tell that during that season, we were still hiding. Because every opportunity, we sabotaged. We found an excuse. Oh, we're away. We're tired. Busy. Hurt. We're hiding. Now you're probably wondering, yeah, but playing hide and seek is fun, right? You'll know as I'm talking about hiding. <laughs> You know the downside to hiding. It's lonely. It gets dark. It's not a nice place to be in. 
Like when I was being really competitive and no one could find me after three or four games, I'm like, yeah, I'm so good. I realized that all those other kids were having fun and I wasn't. <laughs> I was just sitting there going, no one better find me. No one better find me. <laughs> so what happens when you hide for too long? Can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see you? Wow. I was hiding in sin. I was hiding in hurt. I was hiding in busyness. I was hiding in church. All those places. God still came to find me. Wow. Every single time, whether it was sitting opposite to me in a cafe or someone inviting me along to church or someone, me hearing something or God speaking to me, but there was, God was always, found you, found you. (coughs) But what I realized, what I was really hiding from because I was hiding in the ministry stuff as well, in the good stuff. The stuff that I felt, why isn't our church as fun as theirs? Yeah. <laughs> They're screaming and yelling around there. Okay, sorry. I, I might holler a little bit more for you guys. But I realized that I was hiding inside doing good stuff because I was actually hiding from my assignment. And what you'll find is you may do all the right things. You may be doing the good stuff. You may be even hiding right in the middle of the good stuff or even hiding in church. But what God wants when he finds you is for you to start seeking him. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Seek him for what those plans are. Because if we're over there doing this and he wants us over here, we're still hiding. And so it wasn't until this season that I realized I can step into my assignment. We started running little business-based small groups in Sydney and it was, it was going well. Started building that closer relationship with God. Actually started to see him show up in everyday things, you know, because back when I was running the ministry, it was easy to find God. I had to prepare a sermon every week, so I just find God in that. I'm praying for people, so it's easy to find God in that. I'm running a church, it's easy to find God in that. But what I realise is when I'm on my assignment, when I'm actually following that path that God has called me to, I'm seeing God everywhere. Wow, that's great. Everywhere. So like I said, God has called us to the marketplace, to bring ministry to the marketplace. And so myself and my business partner, Wes Home, we run Business Greenhouse, and we focus on training Christian entrepreneurs on how they can find their assignment in the marketplace. Trying to encourage people that you're not just money bags and you're not just there to serve God God in the church. Like you're meant to be out there doing something out there. 
And as we're doing this, we're seeing God move. We've, we've started this thing called the Kingdom Business Network with a bunch of, I suppose you could call them small groups. They won't be small for too long. There's 27 of them already running across the country. And we've only just started about four or five months ago. We've got people over in New Zealand hungry for it. We've got people in UK that are asking for it. We've got people in the States that are asking for it. And so we're starting to see God in everything we do. I'm starting to see God more. When I'm on assignment, I'm starting to see God more in my marriage. You know, when I found that I was kind of hiding in my busyness, and then a couple of weeks ago I realized, hang on a second, I didn't change this. So instead of getting home, being exhausted and needing dinner in front of the TV, we turn the TV off, we sit at the table and we look each other in the eye and I'm finding God in those moments. I'm being intentional about seeking God in every moment. I have a call with a client and I can see God moving in the conversation that I'm having with a client. We're seeing, I ran a marketing campaign a couple of weeks ago that flopped, right? I'm a marketing expert and running business and it flopped, right? It was so embarrassing and it just... <laughs> as of yesterday, as of Friday, God had pretty much brought in everything we were targeting for for that from other areas, unexplained areas. Seeing God just turn up in business. I was reading a, a newspaper article the other day on my phone. I don't do the newspaper <laughs> thing. And it was just a story about Brexit. And I saw God in that. Wow. I was reading an article about Don, Donald Trump and I, I'm seeing how God is moving in that. I, I, I'm now, because I'm on assignment and I've realised I'm no longer hiding. No longer hiding from my sin. No longer hiding in doing good. No longer hiding in busyness or tiredness. I'm no longer hiding in the middle of church. I'm doing my assignment and I'm seeing God move every day in every interaction that I have. Does that mean I don't have troubles? No, I told you I've just failed on a marketing campaign. Well, seeing seeing things that are like I'm having my tough days too. But I'm still seeing him move in those everyday things. Why? Because we're no longer hiding. Because when you're hiding, how does a kid hide? You Uh. can't see me. (laughs) Just because you can't see them, they think you can't can't see you, right? It's like that when we're hiding. We hide and then all of a sudden our eyes are covered. We can't see what God is doing in our lives. We can't see the forest from the trees. You know that that old analogy? If we are hiding, we can't see what God is doing in our life. And so what I feel like God had for me to say to you today, are you hiding? Are you hiding in your sin because you feel like you're unworthy for God to be able to see that? I mean, straight after I had that encounter with with Jesus, there was no way I was going to go to a church. You don't know the things I'd done. And so in that moment, I realised that 
I was hiding in my sin because I felt ashamed. I knew what was right. I was a good Christian boy. I was dealing drugs. Um, (laughs) Are you hiding? Are you hiding in your sin because you feel like you're unworthy? You feel like you can't share it with someone. You feel like they're going to think badly about me. Now, I gave a very extreme case. You don't have to have that level of a, of a sin or testimony. You go, right, I, I, now I can talk about it. No, no. If there's sin in your life, which is... Um, so one thing that I did was I wanted to seek God more. And so I went and uh, did a master's. I did a master's in leadership and with a minor in theology. So I just wanted to get to know God at a deeper level. And one of our assignments was what is sin? I got this greatest revelation of what sin was when I first learned Spanish. The, the word sin in Spanish means without. Simple, right? Sin means without. And so we put this big label on sin. It's a drug dealer. It's someone who sleeps with someone who's not their wife. It's like all these... No. Sin is hiding. Because hiding is trying to do something without God. Well, that's good. Good bad. Sin is anything you're trying to do without God. Is there any part of your life that you're trying... God doesn't understand that stuff. I mean, if he stopped me from going to jail, he knew that stuff. He understood it. If he kept their mouths closed, he knows that stuff. Maybe you're hiding in doing good. You know that old analogy of, but I'm a good person, I'll go to heaven. You're just hiding in that because you're trying to do it on your own without God. What is doing something without God? Sin. Now, I'm not, I'm not up here going, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. I don't want you to feel guilty about it. I want you to get a revelation of this. That if we're hiding, that's what sin is. When God says, I'll forgive all your sins, he means stop hiding from me. Maybe you're hiding inside doing good. Maybe you're serving at church. Maybe you're volunteering at a local charity. Maybe there's something that you maybe you you feel like you're ticking all the boxes, so you're good, but you know that you're hiding inside doing good. Are you busy? Tired? Anyone been hurt by the church? <laughs> Are you still hiding in that? Is that something that you're hiding in? Because that means you're trying to do it without God. Are you hiding inside church? Come here every week. Sing the songs. Maybe even you raise your hands. You clap along. I don't do it in tune, but in in time. You don't have to either. That's why this is louder than you. That's the whole reason of, of having amplified things in church. Because God has not gifted us all with rhythm or tone. But maybe you come in here and you're hiding in the middle of the church. 
Let me encourage you. I want you to seek God and seek what it is He has for you. What is your assignment? I'd love to pray for people. Is that all right, Dr. Strong? Am I going to get some twinkle fingers up here? Um, Now... He's never been called that before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so actually, let, let me let me give you a little bit of a uh, little bit of back. Come on up. Um, people people may think, oh, he's trying to manipulate the atmosphere and trying to like make us feel bad for ourselves and stuff by having this in the background. But when the prophets in the Bible were actually called forward to prophesy they would call the musicians in because they wanted them to usher in the Holy Spirit Amen. before they spoke. Well, that's good. So when, when someone says, hey, can you come up and, and play something in the background, don't think, oh, this is just some manipulation or anything like that. It's because I'm really wanting to focus that you're not listening to me anymore. I want you to listen to God. In this moment, can I ask you all to close your eyes and bow your heads? <coughs> Wherever the Spirit leads you. There's one question I've got for you. And it's a question I'm going to ask you but I also want you to ask God. Are you hiding? Are you hiding? Maybe hiding in sin. Maybe hiding to be good. Maybe hiding in hurt or busyness or tiredness. Maybe you're hiding in church. I just want you to take this moment and ask God, am I hiding? What area of my life am I hiding in? throughout this message it's Jeremiah 23 24 and I will admit I have not been reading the entire thing it starts out by saying can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him declares the Lord there's nowhere you can hide nowhere and I'm living proof of that I'm trying to hide everywhere. And he always found me. The second part of that verse says, Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth. Remember how I said it can get dark and lonely in those places where we are hiding. 
Let me tell you, friend, it's not actually lonely. Because God is right there with you. He is everywhere. Do I do not I fill heaven and earth? That's everything. He fills everywhere. There is nowhere that you can't hide from Him. So right there in that place that God is revealing to you that maybe you're hiding in. You know what? Maybe it's hiding in financial burden or hiding in financial abundance. Maybe it's ill health. There's many a times that I've used my bad back as an excuse not to turn up to church. Maybe it's a torn relationship with your partner. Maybe it's a torn relationship with someone else at church. And you're hiding in that. Do not I fill heaven and earth? God is with you right now. God's saying, I found you. I found you right where you are. He said to Zacchaeus, a thief, literally a thief. He was stealing, it was a tax collector stealing from everyone. And he said, I've come, said the Son of God, which you know we know it's him, has come to seek and save the lost. He's here to save you from whatever it is you're trying to hide in. And so my challenge to you is find out what is that assignment that he's got for you. In that time, seek him and go, what is it? Just like Jacob never let go of that man he wrestled with all night long until he would bless him. And we later know it was God that he was wrestling with. I don't, don't stop, don't let go. Don't stop seeking until you know. Now, one thing I, I want to talk to you, there's probably some of you that are like, I'm seeking God, that's great. Let me warn you. Even in this time where I've grasped hold of my assignment, there has been moments that I've started hiding again. It's a constant thing that I find myself having to seek God. And I had a whole other message all about how to seek God and maybe another time. But all you need to do is ask Him, Lord, what is my assignment? Seek Him. Lord God, I thank You that you sent your son to seek and save sinners. Lord, I thank you that you saved me on many, 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 many occasions. I thank you that every single person sitting in these seats right here, they know, they're thinking about that thing right now that you've saved them from. Thank you 
He says, He'll save you from the fowler's snare, the trap that the devil sets. But we can't hide in that place. We need to seek Him. Lord, we thank You. I, I declare that each and every person in this place will get a fresh revelation about what they're hiding in. I declare that You give them the strength, the courage, the faith to be able to step out of that hiding place and step into the full glory that God has got for them. Reveal Yourself, Lord. I actually want to move into a moment of, of prayer and I'd love to pray for people. I'm just going to be up the front here and you can mingle and chat or come forward for prayer. And there's a couple of things that I specifically want to pray for. If you feel, if you feel like you've been hiding anywhere and you just need me to stand with you to help you find the faith and courage to come out of that hiding place, you don't have to reveal details to me. This is not a confessional. But if you feel like there's a place you've been hiding from God, I'd love to pray for you. So please come forward. There's another person that I seriously feel like God's calling me to pray for. As someone, if you feel like you're hiding in sin and that you feel like you're not worthy and you don't, you actually have not had God say, I found you. Let me tell you, friend, right now, God says, I found you. And so if you want to play this game of life with God, I would encourage you, come forward and I'd love to pray for you as well. So as we continue playing in the background, is there anything else you're wanting to do before we close, Dr. Rod? So we'll stay in this moment, we'll officially end, and come forward if you feel like I can pray for you. Bless you all. I love you all. I'm praying that you God will reveal himself in fresh ways. Amen. So feel, feel free to stay up for prayer. I'm actually going to line up for prayer because I, I think um, the Lord has spoken to me through this, this message. And uh, so I'll be here for a little while. But folks, um, feel free to head off out the back for some community time. There's lots and lots of food out there and uh, there's food available for those who are gluten-free and vegan and paleo as well. Um, I think we've got little signs up there now so you can figure out which is for you. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you. I look forward to seeing everybody next week.